1: this is in the locker room with wolf and starks presented by your neighborhood ford store on espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio
0: you know there can't be many more glorious things to do in training camp than to be in walkthrough on such a chilly day i mean think about it you're up here in training camp every day is a sweat box you're always sweating. I mean, you you know you go through electrolytes like you can't believe it, like nobody's business. And here you go, Max. I'm up here and I'm thinking, this may be back-to-back hoodie days. I don't know. You know, pretty cool. Oh, do
1: not seek comfort, Wolf. <laughs> we do not seek comfort here. I don't want to hear that word, that H word, come out again. No, you, need, you know what you need to do Wolf. Go cut. Go go go. Take like a jagged like school scissors out of right. Classica Hall, and just cut the sleeves off. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the, there you the, go. The, just, 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 sleeveless, sleeveless. Sleeveless. We are men. We, We're are, <laughs> we are tough. We don't get bothered by the cold. Now, granted, <laughs> I'm also sitting in my air-conditioned house because it's too hot outside. So uh, I, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. All right. I You're digress. not seeking that, that, comfort? Yeah, that, that, that soapbox
0: uh, that soapbox just uh, just <laughs> collapsed under me. So. Just collapsed right. underneath me. <laughs> <you. laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to jump back. You know, uh, Jerry Dula came on. We had Jerry Duel from the Post-Gazette, which we love having him on. Great friend of the show here. Jerry comes on and he talks about Anthony McFarlane, which, you know, if you remember early in the week, I was hoping when you and I were talking that they were going to feature McFarlane, you know, because I thought it was a great opportunity with Najee out and Benny Snell having been nicked up a little bit. This would be an opportunity for Anthony McFarland to show what he's been doing really since day one in camp because he has really looked pretty darn good. And one of the things that i watching him, of his seven carries, four of them were for seven yards or more. His ability to rip it between the tackle to tackle is what really surprised me. It wasn't that he was exploding his runs like that. That 24-yarder, when he cut to the outside we talked about on a third and one, and you pointed out you got the, the, the A-gaps being filled by the linebackers, right? You got the safeties came up. was really essential, essentially like a 6-1 pinch, you know, where everybody pinching the inside. Yeah. One of the keys – oh, by the way, one of the keys to that was left tackle Danny Moore just multiplied the edge setter. Whoever was setting yeah. the edge there didn't get it done, and Danny just crumpled them to the inside. It was a great block. But that, as you said, that, that was great vision in reading the room, so to speak, of the box that is, you know, right there, uh, by Anthony McFarland to be able to go and and get the job done, cutting out of the outside there.
1: No, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, Anthony McFarland. This is what we had been waiting for. We've been waiting for him to really unleash it. And I thought we saw a smart, decisive running back in the game on Saturday night. I thought he made some great decisions, like you said hitting it up and in, you know, bouncing it off uh, off of James Daniel one time on the inside, um, on the backside of – it was a weak side inside zone and taking the cutback lane and, and following James Daniel. And then, like you said, b- bouncing it to the outside on the double when everything compressed in on him. That Those were the decisions we wanted to see. Those are things we kind of didn't really get to see last year. And him on that stage and that opportunity really took full advantage of it. And I thought that's when we're talking about – competition for this backup role to Najee and Najee has admitted I don't I don't need to run the ball I don't need to touch the ball as much as I as that I could be more efficient with my touches and have more of an impact so you know he was okay with saying hey you know we can bring somebody in as a reliever obviously we know he's the number one but that's what you want to see right I mean Benny Snell you have another opportunity hopefully he, he you know he's in a good position and healthy enough to to participate in Jacksonville but those guys I mean Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, and Jalen Warren. That's really where I see the top three coming. And then, of course, Master Teague. Master Teague is another one that oh, has solid games so in this showed running well. back room. Yeah, the running back room, is. it looks really good and really poised to do some things. And that's what you have to continue to do. You have to continue to stack those good days. And Anthony McFarlane put a big building block on his stack today uh, from
0: Saturday. Max, let me ask you something because you know I, I look at it, a featured three-down back like Najee Harris. All right, uh, not every team's got him. Uh, you talk about 381 touches last year—that's a huge workload, no, no question about it. Although I remember Lev Bell having a 406-touch campaign one year. But I, I look at it and I go, yeah, it, it sounds good to say we got to reduce his touches. We got to get somebody in there. But you know, when it comes down to it, how? how willing do you think Najee will be to accept not a diminished or lesser role because obviously he's the featured back, but, you know, when you're the big guy, when you're the the, the true hoss in that backfield, sometimes, you know, your own desire to to compete takes over and you keep saying, no, I'm good, I'm good. How much do you you think this, you know, it might be the coach saying, no, we got to cut back on you.
1: Well, I think it it comes to – a decision where what's the best move for the team, right? Ultimately, you have to be a team player. And for Najee, he has I think he has a great sense of self. I think he has a great sense of what he can do, what he can accomplish. He has confidence in himself. I think he welcomes it because when you look around the league, you've got to have that compliment, right? Jonathan Taylor has to have somebody come in, whether it's Mac or or whoever, and help him every once in a while because that's going to make him more explosive in the in the game later. Derrick Henry. There's a backup to Derrick Henry. It doesn't stop Derrick Henry from rushing all over the place or Jonathan Taylor from rushing all over the place. But there's certain times where I might need that blow because you know what? If I do break this thing wide open, you know, I want to be able to, to have enough gas in the tank to make it 50 yards down the field, right? <laughs> to, to score True. it and not get te- not get tripped up at the one-yard line if I've been in on a seven-play drive. Like, those are the things I think – you have to kind of consciously think about. But I think Najee has that in his mind. He knows that no, it's not taking my job. It's simply supporting my job. And I think that's how you kind of have to come to that point um, when you are a position like the running back, right? Because what do we talk about in the media all the time? Oh, is there still tread on the tire? You know, has the meat fallen off the bone? You know, we talk about all of these negatives and about how fast the running back viability is you know how it diminishes over the years like it's one of the shortest positions as far as career-wise and their contracts reflect that and so if anything can save you a couple of plays here and there a game I'm not saying that somebody's gonna come in and take 20 rep, 20, 20 uh, rushes from you no but if you if, if somebody's gonna come in and, and support you and over the course of the year that 380 looks more like 315 or 320 and that's 60 reps that's 60 rushes that you now get to save for potentially a playoff run or for the next season. you know, And those are the things you have to think about, durability on the body. You could be durable, 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 but at some point there's going to be injuries in the wake. And you also want to have somebody there so when you're not there helping the team if you are injured. That guy is not a significant drop-off. You want a guy who can come in and do the role and do your position justice. So I think when I look at it, yes – all of us want to be in there, especially linemen, right? We have this – like, we're in every play anyways on offense. We we play right, more than any right. other position outside of the quarterback. Um, but I think for running back, I think we, especially receivers, you know, everybody wants their touches, but at the end of the day, they also know that how I get more touches is the longer we stay in this thing, right? Playoff runs. I got incentives in my contract that say if we're in the playoffs and I do this, uh, I get this. So, if I if I'm thinking smartly, I'm like, you know what? I need somebody else to help me with this because I I I want to get to the playoffs. I don't want it to fall on me. Or if I get injured, I'm out for the year. You know, we, we're a different team. I want my team to still succeed. Or I could think of it from the perspective of how are we going to get to a Super Bowl? That should be my number one mindset. And having somebody else here, just like as an offensive lineman, I want to make sure my swing tackle is up to speed. I want to make sure my interior, you know, guy who's coming in at the guard position to swing the interior, he's up to speed so that you could be a starter in waiting and not just a backup.
0: Well, here's one of the things that I, I, I keep thinking about. Some backs are just – you are born to be a, a workhorse, okay? I mean, Willie yeah. Parker, you know, he, he was still a guy like Bussy. There's a workhorse there, okay? So the thing about it is some guys just get better as the game rolls on. The more they see it, you know, they see the ball – they take the, you know, they're hitting it out there. Some guys can light it up instantly, but other guys take a while before. I kind of see Najee as one of those guys that I think he gets stronger as the game goes on. Um, the difficulty will be, I think, in, 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 you know, as this whole thing unfolds, it's going to be trying to keep him from being too competitive with himself. Do you know what I mean? Where you just start yeah. to have that feeling like, I got to be in there. And one of the things that, jump out at me when I think about you know Najee and so forth was a period of time when Ben said to Lev, you know, you might need a blow, and if you do, let me know because I can put you in a position out on the field where you're not going to be exerting yourself, kind of taking a play off or rejuvenating, but he was saying basically, I need you out there because when you're not out there, the defense is not going to be threatened by you. You know what I mean. So, yeah. the consideration of having Najee out there as a threat, as a dual threat that he is, it's something too that you have to consider.
1: Well, no, you absolutely have to consider. But I think we saw a number of times in camp so far, and hopefully, I'm not giving away, you know, the secret sauce. But we've seen two backs line up, right? Uh, we've had some opportunities right. where you have one in the backfield, one in the slot. It's like a double well,
0: cheeseburger. You know? Yes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, or when you go to Five Guys, right? You ask for the cheeseburger, oh. and it really is a double. And the do you get and the, the Cajun, Cajun fries? the normal size. Always the yeah. Cajun fries. Oh, Cajun absolutely. Fries right. What what kind I mean, of yeah. shake? What
0: do you do in the shake? Well, I mean, I go I go I mean, vanilla. I
1: love that. See, I, I go I go I go chocolate
0: Oreo. Okay. Okay. Well, the Oreo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. that. Yeah. I would. I, I could I like go for it
1: I like the Oreo mixed in there. Yeah. Oh man, that's beautiful. But. But I, but I think the biggest thing is that those threats and those veils have to be there, right? Because if you want to lie, line Najee up in the slot because he is a good route runner and you still want to have Anthony McFarlane or Benny Snell or Jalen Warren in the backfield, they still have to honor the run, right? right. They don't think it's automatically a pass play. So there's some of the decoy stuff that you can run with him and having two backs who are strong makes that a, a more of a possibility. Because, I mean, you know, just as we talk about guys are workhorses, Derrick Henry is a workhorse. But Derrick Henry also needs a break, right? Even when Chris Johnson, you know, was at his prime, he still had a Cadillac Williams, you know, type of dude. And so you've got to have these different players in there at certain points that can create that mystique to honor the position that's out there and not just think, oh, this guy's this guy's only, only in for third downs, right? He might... Catch a swing pass out of the backfield, or this guy's here for a screen guy. No, I want a guy who can rush between the tackles. I think, and, that, and that's what we saw with Anthony McFarland showing that he can handle lead back duties if pressed into service. And also Jalen Warren showing that he can do it pressed into service. And that just makes the health of that running back room that much better and also makes you a more well rounded team.
0: Well, you got always falling forward Jalen Warren. Who I thought really, you know, was terrific, of course, except for putting the ball in the dirt once. But, you know, we see what this young guy can do and the fact that he's just a squat monster and is capable of uh, catching the ball too. He had, what, four or five – I think he had four uh, receptions there. Um, I I love the fact that he, you know, did the immaculate extension sort of thing uh, a la A.B., uh, over the over the goal line, it shows great awareness and a desire not to give up to, to to accomplish what you need to accomplish in the moment, being spatially aware of where you're at, and he did all that. Um, I'm wondering what his blitz pickups will be like. You know, if they if they would could use him in that third down back uh, situation, but I certainly like what we've seen thus far from him, and uh, again, Anthony McFarland has been kind of really. Uh, opening a lot of eyes with his, his ability to get from zero to sixty in a very short period of time.
1: Yeah, no, I mean the acceleration button is uh, is pretty crazy, and especially when you talk about Jalen Warren. I mean, like I said, we we've dubbed him always falling forward. And what did he do all night, Wolf? He fell yeah. forward. <laughs> he did. <laughs> just, it, I mean, it it was it was like hammer meet nail, and he was the <laughs> hammer in a lot of those situations. And I thought. That was, that was what we expected from camp. But you you, you never know if it, if it translates, right? We're always worried about the whole, you know, as the old adage goes, which I think is, you know, now kind of antiquated, but look like Tarzan, play like Jane, right? You know, you, you always hear that phrasing. But it's like, looks good in practice, doesn't show up in games, I think is the more appropriate way we look at it. And it carries over. Like his game travels. It travels from the practice field to the playing field. And I think that was – That was a refreshing – kind of gave us a moment to kind of – and then you know that he's a willing combatant. There's a couple of times in Blitz pickup where he's right there in the action trying to get in the fray. And I think that's what we're talking about, having those all-around type of guys. Because, you know, back in the day you have guys, you could disseminate the roles, but you need the more blending of roles. I think that's what we've seen the game evolve to is what can guys do flexibility-wise? Can you add more than one dimension – of your game, I only run between the tackles, but when I get in the open field, I run out of gas very quickly, right? None of those guys are like that. I think, I think all the guys in that backfield all have that extra gear. I think when it comes to being a willing combatant in the pass protection game, right, because you know the more you do pass pro and the better you're at doing pass pro, the more of the threat there is that you can sell more agreeably a screen. Because if it's like, oh, this guy's about to hit me and then he whoop, You know, kind of gives a little sidestep and then does a little spin move and boom, it's a screen out the backfield. All of those things help to give the anonymity and give more, I think, depth to the offense um, when you have guys who could do that. And and we've seen them all acquitting well in that, especially, you know, what
0: we've seen from Jalen Warren. No question about it. Now, one of the things that I, as an offshoot of that, just watching again, some of the things, one of the things I picked up on, I don't know if you saw Kevin Rader in the first quarter on a short yardage blocking, but he had Puna Ford on his nose. And I got to tell you something, that was one of the best flat back, put your forehead in the chin of a man and roll back the line of scrimmage on the other side of the ball efforts that I've seen in a long time. I mean, it's Kevin Rader. Kevin, Kevin's a tight end. Puna Ford, you know Puna Ford. He's as big as a Ford, all right? Yes, he is. He's, yeah. he's, one of those, he's one of those stumpy guys, too. You know, what I mean, massive, you know, ham hocks uh, across the, the backside. He's a couple of axe handles wide at least, right? But you got Kevin Red. He's lined up over Raider. Raider comes off and absolutely drives him back two or three yards in a short yardage situation. I'm like going, I was like, that's old school. That's an old school block right there. That's old school results taking a big, huge, massive human being moving from A to B against his will. That's his classic of people moving power that you're going to see. And I, I was really impressed with Kevin on that play.
1: No, I thought Kevin, Kevin, Kevin definitely had. I, I remember that block, and yes, I thought he, I thought he had some really good blocks in the game, being solid, not getting really forced off. Now there was one on the backside; he kind of missed the cutoff. But I right. thought for the most part, I mean, he had he has a very solid point of attack, was not ragdolled, was not easily moved out of the way and presented resistance. And that's all you can ask for at a tight end. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, it's going to be in line. And usually, you know, if you're not to the front side of play or you're on the back side, or you're working with the with the guy in the wing, it could be a it, it could be a little sticky. You know, you you want the tray blocks. You want the triples with the tackles. Right. You want to bring the other big body with you. Right.
0: Right. Right. But,
1: I thought in the solo situations and and less than ideal positioning, I thought he did a great job of getting into the right position and holding the point as much as he could and allowing the running back at least an option to make the cutback. And it wasn't like, oh, my God. You know, like Todd Heat from the Ravens back in the day, right? You knew when Todd Mm -hmm. Heat lined up on the line of scrimmage, they're running away from Todd, okay? So (laughs) he's never at the point of attack. I think Kevin Rader offers point of attack plus also, you know, backside cutoff responsibility. He can do both sides. Plus he also is a really good receiver out of the uh, you know, off the line as well. So adding that with Pat Fryermouth, you know, you look at that. I thought Jay Sternberger have had some nice opportunities. Still a little bit more weight in the weight room there on some of the run blocking. But Kevin Rader, I think, definitely had that. I thought Connor Hayward also, you know, had, had a nice game, even though there's one where, you know, he jumped off sides. The little little uh, flinch. <laughs> Yeah, that's the yeah. one where you hate it, right? He got a frown like, from his older brother on that one. I'm sure. No, no question, because it's like one of those where it's like, I'm ready to. Oh no, not yet. <laughs> you start trying to squeeze your body together to try and make it as tight as possible. We're like, nope, I
0: got caught. Backflips <laughs> <I flexed laughs> too much. <laughs> oh, you should have seen Connor Hayward on a on a pass route yesterday, man. He just went up the sidelines and made a great catch. They had a good practice yesterday. Uh, the offense, I think the offense won – was. It? Oh no, I just forgot. I can't remember. Did you uh, what'd, you what'd you have uh, for dinner? I had. Uh, I was had some was the offense
1: win? Did the offense win?
0: I, I think the <laughs> offense won, but I, I you know what? I, I, I can't tell. I can't remember. It's you know what? That's twenty four hours ago. Gadzooks. Yeah. exactly. No. Oh, the, no worries. Defense won. Okay, there we oh, got like official word. We got two ninjas chiming in my ear, and they said, "No, the defense won so stupidly." Uh, I, I'm sitting here going, I think the offense won. No, the defense won. So, regardless of that. You mean to
1: say that, that Craig Wolfley is pro-offense?
0: No, <laughs> no, never.
1: Never would I say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who could – but let me say this, jumping back to uh, where we're at with the tight ends, this is this is a deep group, man. I mean, you know, Friar yesterday, Friar had a couple of great catches out here. And then uh, you got Zach Gentry, the 6'12", you got Kevin Rader, and then, you know, you got Connor Haywood – and and Jace Sternberger is like you said, a guy that's done some things pretty well. So these guys, overall, man, they present another group of guys that, much like the wide receivers, there's a lot of people contending for not as many jobs. That's for sure. Yeah, a lot
1: of dogs, very little bones, right? I mean, that would be the Mike Tomlin True. phrasing for that one. But I mean, I think, but I think that's also what makes a great training camp when you have guys of of similar quality competing because as the adage goes our iron sharpens iron and that's what you need you have to have strong substances to make sure that the other ones are strong as well and they on top of their game and it also doesn't allow for complacency knowing oh you know i'm the i'm the i'm the top dog i don't have to work as hard no you do and that's that 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 also helps that subconscious knowing that you have other guys that are just as hungry just as skilled trying to compete for their opportunities as well it allows you not to rest on your laurels and that you're always i talked about this a couple segments ago you're always figuring out self-scouting how can i get better how can i become a bigger asset
0: for my team and my teammates all right hey by the way do you know iron sharpens iron do you know where that's found the bible huh Huh? I, you can't, know I it? can't name the verse off the top yeah, of my address, head. Yeah, Proverbs 27:17. It was Chaluch's favorite, one of his favorite verses. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. How about that? There you go. All well. there we go. Boom. We're going to take, we go. <laughs> take a break <laughs> and we're going to come back with more right here in the locker room with Wolf Stark's and the Ninjas. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, Max, one of the good things that occurred yesterday, we had some good news because running back Najee Harris, he's got a, of course, had a a deal with a foot injury. Um, He's back getting some work done. You got the wide receiver Deontay Johnson with a hip flexor and Chase Claypool. Uh, They were back in the saddle yesterday getting some work done. And those guys, the addition of those guys is good stuff. But the bad news was Miles Boykin sat out with a rib injury. And uh, Kendrick Green doinked his hand a little bit. But, you know, with Kendrick, if you're not going to play center, you ought to put some gloves on. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, tape your hands up and and get those things, you know, nice and strong and well-protected.
1: No, absolutely. I'm right. I'm right there with you, Wolf. I think, you know, your hands are so important and at guard you're grabbing, you know, so often and punching and you need, you need, you need the gloves to protect. I mean, because I can't tell you even with gloves, I mean, how many times you, you, you get a finger caught in a pad or, you know, you're, you're, you're going, you're, you're fighting with a guy in a hand replacement and your finger kind of, kind of gashes on the inside. I mean, I've cut my fingers, I've broken so many fingers, and that's with gloves. So I can't imagine just going out there with just, you know, some taped up fingers. And I and I taped underneath my gloves too, Wolf. So I would do a pre where I would tape, I would tape over um with athletic tape like the little individual digits like Kendrick does, and okay. I still put a glove over and I still put my wrist rockets on. And I'd still tape up with my thumb cups, you know, to make sure my thumb okay, doesn't yep. get dislocated. I, right. And I still I still I you you look at my hands. I still got I still got crooked
0: hands. <laughs> so, you got really you know, funky <laughs> fingers. I had to yeah. say that carefully. <laughs> Just Thank to you. Make I appreciate sure. that. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's that's like, It's, uh, it's uh, a family-friendly show. That's <laughs> exactly. right. No throw doubt figures. about it. Throw up fingers. Yeah. No, no. The,
1: the digits are definitely You could t- you could tell I've done something in the manual labor capacity. Which is yes. mainly yeah. no no question. Other people and laboring over them. Uh so <laughs> But uh, but yeah no, I would love to see him wear some gloves and you know you, you don't lose the feel. But I think when you think about the injuries, this is that time of camp, right? You, you, there's nicks, there's hits, there there's there's incidental contact. I mean that that's the whole point of when you play this sport. You're gonna feel pain. You're gonna have hurts. But the question is, are you hurt or are you injured, Wolf? That yes, the big there's a the
0: difference. If it just hurts, rub some dirt on it, okay? And if you're injured, it. then you got to deal with it. But one of the things that the Steelers and the offensive line coming together, you know, we've, we've had mixed reviews here in training camp at of the offensive line. One of the things that, uh, that ha- occurred the other night was you had 14 pressures, seven quarterback hits, and three sacks given up by the offensive line. And you know what, Mike Tomlin, he, he, he had a great statement. He said, look, it, there's a certain professionalism you do in a practice setting. We encourage rushers and defenders to stay away from the quarterback and his arm action. Sometimes it will take an O-line group a while to warm up to in-stadium action from a strength standpoint. And, you know, I think, I think he's onto to something there because a lot of people don't take into account that when you have to go through practicing with practice etiquette, when you have to keep a pocket rather pristine and stay away from the quarterback's arm action, the... Things that can pop up in a game when you know it's it's a, it's a you know all live go uh, become hugely different than what you experience in practice.
1: Well, no, I, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the 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 RPMs speed up, right? Right. <laughs> the, the mental RPMs, right? <laughs> yeah. The mental RPMs speed up. The physical RPMs speed up. And so, can the mental and the physical? combine at the same time to make sure everybody's on the same page you know i think that's kind of the biggest thing that you have to worry about and i think that's why it was indicative that you kept kendrick green and dan Moore in there as long because you wanted them to sync up right you wanted them to say you know what okay let's continue to work this relationship and work to see how we can get better and we saw it in the game wolf as you watched it the first double team to the last double team that they had looked completely different because they had time together in actual right. real life track. It's like, it's like when you have that student driver and it's one thing to go on an empty road or a parking lot of a, of a big shopping center and work on your driving. It's another thing to throw them on, the, uh, on, a, on a freeway and tell them to get in the left lane. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's different levels to it. And I think, you know, having the confidence in the parking lot will then lead you to the street which that street then leads you to a highway. And that's what we kind of saw throughout this process. You saw them leaving the parking lot, getting into the street, and then merging onto the freeway with how their play does. And all the offensive line has to be able to do that. That's why this position's so much more time-consuming to see tangible results because you have five guys who have to do one job, right, one assignment. And it takes a lot of different ways of looking at it. Some people are – visual learners some people are audible learners and some people are physical learners you got to figure out what works best with this group and do all of those things so that they can all at least come together at some point and perform on the field as one as one sound one heartbeat when it comes game time because they are the cadence makers right they're the ones who keep the rhythm of the team going so your offensive line goes so shall your team go In a lot of respects and it just it takes a little bit more time to get that blood pumping in there so that heart can function at full capacity
0: well you know just kind of continuing along this line of thought you know as mike was talking about the professionalism or the practice etiquette that you need to establish a a clean pocket so your quarterback doesn't get banged around with you know the arm throwing action and so forth it takes some time to Get used to wrapping up, as you said, those RPMs. But, you know, one of the things I think that they hamper themselves with, a lot of times when they do the one-on-one pass pro, you know, they, they're a quick whistle. They don't finish. And you you know what I, I'm talking about when I say pass protection is about 40% of the time recovering from a bad position. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah things yeah. go bad. and you, you got to work your way out of that. And it's hard to do in practice to replicate that when you've got to keep that clean pocket, when you've got to keep the arm action available for the quarterback so he doesn't doink an elbow thing or what have you. But at the same time, you know, as Mike talked about saying, you know, there is a point where, you know, the the strength uh, from a strength standpoint, he's talking about a finisher's attitude. You know, having an offensive line that, okay, I, not only am I going to stop you from the, getting to the quarterback, but I'm going to finish to the the utmost of the whistle and keep you away from his arm or even being able to breathe heavy on a quarterback. And that's something that takes, you know, live go and live games for you to be able to develop.
1: Well, and not only the arm, but we got to watch the legs, right? I mean, that that's, Absolutely. I feel, even more so um, imperative is keeping him away from the legs. Like, it's... it's you know, yeah, you 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 want you want to stay upright and you want to present this pocket where you know we've created a force field around our quarterback. But at the same time, it's like, okay, when that quarterback completes that action, say he does not get hit in the elbow, but as a player, you're still getting driven, and the D lineman might not have seen the ball leave, and you guys go to the ground. You're not rolling into the backs or the front of the quarterback's legs because you have to be firmly planted in the ground as a quarterback, right, to deliver that pass. So we worry about the elbows, right? Because it's the appendage that sticks out, you know, as far as from the width of the body. It sticks outward when they're extending to then throw the ball forward. But the legs are the other big thing. If you can't plant to drive that ball, that's another thing. So I worry about, you know, yes, that silo of where the quarterback should be or where he can be and finishing to the whistle. But it's completely keeping the guy out of the area because, yes, you can't, can't you you can prevent some of the arm swatting that hits the elbow but i'd also don't want guys throwing the line the throwing the D into their legs right trying 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 to dump them and that that's where i get worried and like you said the practice etiquette won't allow for that cuz you get those quick whistles but at the same time it's also about where's my finished posture where's my right. finished posture am i up you know and finally gathered myself or am i in a position where i'm all sprawled out and i'm trying to throw that throw that superman block right where you just leave your feet trying to "Ah, don't hit my quarterback and trying to leap leap out the top of a tall building um you know those are all those things but yeah you can't simulate that and i think game reps are the only ones because you actually have a live quarterback there where you know it's it's in the moment you try and simulate as much as you possible but when it comes to game, that's the only way to truly truly have that opportunity, but it does expose your quarterback to injury if you're not up to snuff.
0: You know, one of the things in, in being able to go back and watch the film is you see things that you miss during the game. And one of them now that just spurred uh, a thought in my head, I remember one one defender there uh, laying out and tackling Mason uh, really literally at the knees, and no, no, yeah. no, no flag was thrown. I was like, whoa, you know, I totally missed that during the game. Just following the ball being thrown down the field, but you know, at that point, Mason took a, a real shot right in the legs after he delivered the ball, and I was surprised. Now and, and kind of like uh, mulling it over there, that you know, nothing was called. Nope. No, and and that
1: that and that's the thing, right? I mean, we know we have quarterbacks who also, uh, I'm sorry, referees who also are getting up to game speed, but those are missed opportunities. I'm sure Coach Tomlin probably submitted that you know, to the league, like, Hey, here, here was a hit that was missed by you guys. Right. And correct. you're talking about quarterback safety. You, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to throw flags at us for this type of stuff, make sure you're throwing flags at the other guys for doing the same exact thing. I think that's something that, you know, as we get better, as we get through the year, we get into quote unquote, mid season form. That's something that, that you're right, should be addressed. And that's why I talked about the legs. Cause I think that's just as important as we talk about the elbows and the arm region of a quarterback, those legs are just as important because if you can't throw, trust me, I've been in that game where my quarterback has no leg, and that was right. Ben when we were in San Francisco. Remember, he was like right. the Statue of Liberty back there. Everything was shotgun, and he was Dan Marino you know, in his last year. Like, yep. <laughs> I could only do this. I could pivot a little bit, but I'm not running anywhere. It, it's a very humbling experience to know that you have a guy that's standing back there like one of those those dummies – with the arms attached to it. <laughs> and, yes. And you have to keep a guy out of that zone. So it's really important to keep the entire body of the quarterback in mind
0: with the arms as well as the legs. Well, there's no question in my mind that, uh, you know. The offensive line is a work in progress. I think they did some really good things. I mean, the fact that they rushed for as much yardage as they did said something about this group of guys being more physical, being able to challenge, uh, you know, and and take up, uh, you know, moving guys off the double team, off the line of scrimmage and everything. Again, they had some issues with the pass pro. They did you know, when you look at it, it's there's there's far too many. I mean, 14 pressures, seven quarterback hits, three sacks. That is problematic. But those are things that I no problem. I think they can work on and be able to get, uh, you know, get her going here in the uh, coming weeks. But c- certainly, the one thing that was a little distressing was at times it looked like some of the guys didn't know who their wingman was. And you know what I'm talking about. Certain oh, protections. Yeah. Some guys, you know, you're you're going to double down and be able to work. Uh, two on one and so forth or you're you you know if you get five bigs everybody is like Aryan doing the area thing uh it, it's difficult but you've got to make sure you know where your help comes from if you have help and you know really what the, what, what it looks like across the board as far as all the rushers
1: no it, 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 it's important and I think that's the other frustration right and that's the other part of the process of becoming one offensive line is that you've got to think what both guys next to you and of course tackle we only have to think of one mainly except for when a tight end comes but you're always thinking about what does the guy next to me have what is his and that's why I think it's important to know the entire responsibility of the offensive line don't just study left guard don't just study center don't just True. study right guard I need to know what are we all doing in this moment for this play? How do how do the pieces of the puzzle fit together? When I see you know a certain protection, okay, do we have a running back? Okay, what's his responsibility? Okay, he has Sam to Mike scan. Got it. Okay, we're going to Will. Okay, when I go to Will, okay, where's that Will position? Okay, am I helping more with the left guard? Okay, but I got the shade. If I'm center, I need to be able to put all a right. hand there. And then for the guard, I'm also looking for those backers. And so that's that. That's the next level. I think the biggest thing that we established the first couple of weeks of camp, knowing your job and doing your job right. Don't do anybody else's job. I get that, but now at this point, especially when you're in that frontline group, I need to know what everybody's doing. I mean, I took it one further. I was I was so anal. I wanted to know the routes that the that the, that the uh, receivers were running. So if a guy was in my path, I would try and divert that guy to make it a cleaner look for Ben you know like that's just just how messed up my brain was i wanted to know what everybody on the field that was competing did at any given time even the defense figuring out the defensive structure like that's what makes you an elite level player that's what that's where when you start getting to that point and you're gelling that is that's the that's the higher consciousness right <laughs> that that's the one right. and you need well, you, you want a group see,
0: consciousness now you yeah, know what i mean yeah but you yeah, yeah. it's and all also five don't coming don't together
1: yeah, and then that five you can now transmit your knowledge onto them. You can say, okay, because of safety rotation, here's what I'm going to do to help us. And you talk about that when you watch film as as, as a unit, and then right, guys now correct. get a better sense of it. And then, you, like you said, you start to meld into one and have that hive mind concept, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, that but that's next level. I mean, these guys need to get to the point where I just need to know where the other guy's going and trust that he'll be there, and that I won't just turn a defensive lineman free to hit my quarterback like they did in the game.
0: Well, the thing about it is, and trust is built through repetition, and repetition through positive work. you know. And we'll, We're going to take a break. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to give you an example of what it means to be trusting the man to your left or the man to your right, knowing that a fivesome it works as one and how important that is. But we'll come back with more after this. The walkthrough is through we got practice at 155 today. Should be good. Come on out. Watch practice. You're listening to Wolf Starks and the Ninjas here at St. Vincent College. Podcasts.
1: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood foreign store on ESPN Pittsburgh and
0: Steelers Nation Radio. So Max, some years ago, we were playing in the Houston Astrodome in the the uh, Love You Blue, as they called them back at in the day there, in Houston. They they had a they ran a three four defense. They had a lot of walk-up linebacker stuff, linebacker walk-up, do stuff like this. So one of our go-to audibles was a 93 trap, which had Tunchilkin pulling from the right tackle, coming back across the line of scrimmage, and trapping the area outside of my butt, basically. All right, so if you got a walk-up linebacker, you know what it's like. The left tackle, he's going to pass that club out. If uh, the guy runs to the outside on a pass rush, and the guy on the inside, the run through linebacker, touch would trap, and I double team on the nose tackle with Mike Webster, right? I mean that's pretty yeah. basic uh, uh, trap. Well, the problem was the linebacker walks up on my outside shoulder, and just as we're getting through to the near the the, the count, right, he jumps to my inside shoulder. Okay, so there's a complete difference there, and we've been working at the outside shoulder all week long. But, you know, the whole thing about it is when you know the whole play from, you know, beginning to end, when you know the 30,000 foot, what it looks like, and understand all those things that can happen, well, then, you know, when the guy comes to the inside, you got to take that guy. Mike Webster has to deal with the, the nose tackle all by himself, and the pass set will then become, uh, you know, the guy over – The left tackle, if he rams inside, which he did, Tunch has got to block him knowing that Tunch will block the area and the left tackle will go up and get whoever on the backside linebacker. So everybody kind of – it's replacing parts along the way. But nobody could make the call because you're too far deep into the count and it was – anyhow, it was the Houston Oilers. It was hard to hear in the Astrodome anyhow. But, you know, the play – worked because we'd worked at it all week long and we had a line that had played together for several years. And so everybody was able to know what man to his left and right were doing, and it all worked out well. You know what I mean? And you had those same experiences.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I I think that that's where feel comes in. Like, you understand what a structure of a play is and you see some things change, right? Because you're taking those snapshots as we get into the cadence, as as the play is progressing and getting nearer and nearer to the ball being snapped, you kind of see that out the corner of your eye. especially, you know, if I'm Tunch coming around on a tackle trap, I'm like, all right, well, that guy's in there. My buddy, my guy I trust, the guy that I know so well, is going to take that guy I need to replace. So it means whoever's not in that gap, I have gap responsibility first. Then assignment identification second. So as I pull, I'm diagnosing. What am I going to get? Am I going to get a tackle? That that backer has not dropped off. I'm pulling. Okay, expect the looping. You know, expect a looping technique or a guy right there in the gap. I need to expect that it's going to be collision. Now I've got to jam out as opposed to where I kind of, you know, kind of come off your butt and go north until open yes. space and become like a fullback. Now I get. Now I have to be the bludgeon guy, right? You know, I've yep. now got to do it and just clear it up. And now the back, you got whatever is it, whatever's after that when we open that door. That's all you, bud. <laughs> winner winner chicken yeah. dinner is what you're hoping. But but yeah, but that but that's a line that's played together. And that's where you have to get that that's that's the upper level. That's where you want to that. be. Yes. yes. Right now we're seeing uh I gotta get to a linebacker. One of us has to get the linebacker, I'm gonna go to the linebacker, no, I'm gonna go to the linebacker, and there's no communication. <laughs> And then you turn a defensive lineman loose. So, but I think, yeah, you're right. That's that's where it has to get. And that's where I think it will get. Because I think they're all very intelligent dudes on that offensive line. Um, but it's just one of those things. You're still trying to figure out which way is up for yourself. And then you yes. can do it. That's, that's the only negative about a young offensive line that hasn't worked together is we're all figuring out. It's like on-the-job training, right? They didn't give me a, ma- a manual. They gave me that one little sheet that said, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, be big and block people. <laughs> yeah, the rest is up to you.
0: <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, one of the additions that's going to help this offensive line is I, I think the return of Kevin Dotson. I think he was back yesterday. Yes, he was. Uh, Kevin okay. Dotson was back yesterday, and he, they had one-on-ones. Max, he went up against Loudermilk, the Davis twins, each of them, and, he, and one other guy, I can't remember the fourth guy, but he, he, he stuffed all four. I mean – what? I'm just watching yeah. Kevin. Kevin has such ability, and it's yeah. We, you, you just want to see it, you know. You want to see him can't, fulfill can't the promise Wolf. of what he's got. Can't get frustrated, yeah. Wolf. I know you want no. to. No
1: frustration, yeah. Wolf. No because frustration. Because that's exactly what we want. That, that's what we want. We because we it, it, and and from our perspective, especially players that we've done it. We've been we've been in those moments. We've been there. We've seen those guys. It's like man, if you can just realize it. And take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. You can absolutely hit, it, you know, hit it out the park. You could become that guy, but that availability creeps in. Yeah, the injury bug, all of those things kind of diminish what it what it can be. Right? You don't want to create an Achilles heel. As great as Achilles was, right? in lore. <laughs> that he that darn heel, man. You know that darn heel, the dead gum you heel. don't want to get that. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. That, that says, oh, man, I would have been this, but, you know, erase that but, make, make make an exclamation point out of a question mark, and that's what Kevin Dossett, he knows where he's at right now, and he has to make up ground.
0: I'm looking forward to it because based on what I saw yesterday, again, it just reminds you of the huge potential there. But all right, we got to go. Hey, Max, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back doing it tomorrow morning. Thank you, folks, for joining in. We are here at St. Vincent College. we got more with Wes Euler and Arthur Motes coming up after this. And thanks again. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. This is Black and Gold Fan Heaven. Listen to this crowd. Proud SNR. Getting ready to take on spring?